Welcome to the Dr. April Jasper Show, relevant conversations for business owners of today. Hey, April, I think we're back with uh, changing focus. I know we have some questions that we can carry over from the from the last session, as well as a couple of other topics to cover. Uh, before we start, I do again want to thank uh, Macchia Health for sponsoring the uh, education previously. And I know, April, actually, we talked a little bit about nutraceuticals. Uh, tell us what you do with nutraceuticals in your office. Yeah, you know, what's interesting is I really did not take advantage of that opportunity in the past, partly because I didn't know what products to use. And so, you know, David and I, as some of you know, we uh, were blessed to be able to go to what uh, is called the Brain and Ocular Nutrition Conference in Cambridge, England. And we spent three days listening to people present their data from their research that they had done on which which products really were the best and how do you know that even the products that you're looking at and the products that you're selling to your patients and taking yourself are really what they say they are. And what we learned was incredible. And if you go to my podcast, The Dr. April Jasper Show, you'll actually see excerpts where I've interviewed several of the presenters, several of the scientists. And I was... Uh, I. I I was shocked at how much I didn't know. So we use Macchia Health in our practice because of the fact that we know that it is a product that makes a difference for our patients. But what is different about me today than was even five years ago is that I know the science, I know the data, I believe in it. So I have a conversation with everybody, not people with AMD, also people that are healthy, that are well, and that just want to have better vision, less glare at night. And so for us, it's a conversation with every patient that walks in the door. And we don't just talk about the fact that it's important and in, in increasing your, your contrast sensitivity, your central vision, protecting you and helping you to prevent AMD. But we also have a conversation about when you should take Macchia Health and with what other foods. And a lot of people don't know that if you take Macchia Health with omega-3s and they actually have an omega-3 that is fabulous, you take them together, your body is much more likely to absorb all of the product, all of the nutrients in Macchia Health. Other, other things that I didn't know, I didn't know that you could buy a bottle of vitamins in the store and it may not even be what's in the bottle, what's on the label. And so the yeah, other I thing- think I, that, is, that research yeah. coming out of the UK is fascinating that yeah. up to 75% of, uh, of all the nutraceuticals over the counter and, and bottles uh, may not have the ingredients in them that they say they do. So I think that's yeah. a huge, huge, huge point. Consistency, again, Carl, is the key and just knowing how to have that conversation. So it's really important. We can talk about that some more, but I would encourage you to go back and listen to some of those podcasts. So yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, I've listened to several of those and all those are great. Okay, we had uh, we had two oh. or three different things here to cover. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump around a little bit with you and ask some questions. So uh, I think one of the questions uh, that we had previously was about coordination of benefits. Yeah. Uh, so you want to jump in and talk a little bit about what is coordination of benefits? When does it apply? When can you do it? How does it work in your office? Because there's a lot of, a lot of confusion out there. Well, and I think the question is a good one. So what someone asked is, why does everybody not do it? meaning every insurance company, why are they not consistent with when they allow you to do this whole process? So what it is, is it means that a patient comes in 
and you bill their medical because they are, say, they're diabetic and they should have their insurance billed to their medical plan because they're having medical testing. So now you've got this patient here with diabetic retinopathy that's having medical testing, but they also want to use their vision plan for the refraction, which seems logical. So what coordination of benefits means is that you bill the medical insurance for their exam and for their special testing, you get a denial, and then you take that denial and then you bill the the refraction with the denial for the refraction to the medical So you get that denial from the medical for the refraction, and then you bill it to the vision plan, and then the vision plan will pay you just your refraction up to typically what your reimbursement would have been for that exam. Now, the question was, do you and should you do that? And the answer I would say is if you are, if you're organized enough to do it, and you know exactly which plans will allow it, then go for it. But I will tell you that right now, if you go on the IMED site, there's certain companies that they contract with. So when they go, say, to the cement company down the road and they sell IMED to the cement company, one of the options they give them is that they will allow them, they'll sell them coordination of benefits. And so if that business says, yes, I want that, then it will be something that'll be an option for you as the doctor to bill. So before you go to all the trouble to do it, go look at that list. They actually have it printed in the manual, this the 2023 and 2024, the companies for which they will let you do that. And so the other part of that question, Carl, was why can't we do that every time? And why don't they pay for it every time? And the reason is because the the company doesn't buy it. Yeah, it depends on the company. And then uh, specifically with IMED, I think it depends on who the major medical carrier is. I think yeah. most of the Aetna plans uh, actually do allow for coordination of benefits. I think that makes up about 20, 25 percent of the IMED patients. Uh, most of the other plans don't allow for it. I think most of the VSP plans, it's built in. It is a little extra step of work, but it is. Know, we, we do it on a consistent uh, on a consistent basis. And, and we've even found it's, it's even more hit and miss on what we get paid. Uh, it's, it's a little bit like uh, going to new Orleans last week to the casino. <laughs> you're really sort of putting it out there and not sure what you're going to get paid. April, let's talk about something we didn't talk about in the, um, when we were, we were doing the lecture portion. Uh, it, and it's one, of, it's one of the areas where I think you and I do it a little bit different just based on the, the strategies that we have in our practice. Uh, patient comes in uh, and they're scheduled for a, quote, comprehensive eye exam. Yeah. Um, now, during the course of that exam, as you're doing the history, as your staff's doing the history, you find something that they have that may be a medical diagnosis. Yeah. Uh, how do you handle that in your practice? Do you convert them to medical that day? Do you convert them later? What What do you do? And then then we'll debate that one a little bit, probably. All right, let's do it, and let's see who wins. And and honestly, we'll both win because yeah. I know. I, well, I won't. I won't tell them why. Uh, what we do in our practice is if a patient comes in and their chief complaint is they tell us on the phone, "I want to come in to have my eyes checked and get glasses and contacts." So now they come in and this happens all the time. It happened, uh, you know, when I was there in the office yesterday. And so now the patient comes in, they want to get glasses and contacts. And I find during the course of the exam that they have an epiretinal membrane. I'm just making up that diagnosis. It could be anything. 
I don't switch to medical, but what I will do is if I have time, and most of the time I do, I will order an OCT for a patient like that or whatever test you feel appropriate, and I will bill their medical for their special testing that I did that day, and I will bill their vision plan for the rest. And the reason is because the vision plan gives me either option. They basically say in the manual, if April, you want to continue down that path since the patient came in with that chief complaint that wasn't, I have an epiretinal membrane, then you can continue down that path. And then what I do is I have them back to follow them. And the times when they come back for their next visits will all be medical. Did I answer that? Yeah. So let, let me tease out a couple of things that you said there. So okay. the, the, the one thing that you said that I want to highlight, and it goes back to the, to the CE lecture a little bit. What does it say in the, in the plans? What, what does it say in their handbook and their manual that you can do? Uh, it says you can switch them to medical if you advise the patient and it's always best if you have a disclaimer. I call it a disclaimer. I don't know what you would call it, Carl, but something before the patient even is seen that says, if we find something, then this is the way we're going to do it. They sign off that they understand that. And then if you decide that you're going to change that in the middle, you certainly can if you want to. You just have to be very clear and consistent with every single patient. I can't treat Carl different than I'm going to treat his wife, Katie, when she comes in. And one of them I switch and the other one I don't. If you suffer from dry, scratchy, irritated eyes, the problem may actually stem from your eyelids. Cleansing eyelids daily is essential for maintaining healthy eyes, which is why doctors recommend Ocusoft Lid Scrub Allergy Eyelid Cleanser. New Ocusoft Lid Scrub Allergy removes oil, pollen, and other contaminants from your eyelids to effectively reduce redness, irritation, and itching caused by seasonal allergies. These pre-moistened wipes are easy to use, on the go, or at home. Simply wipe and leave on. As the industry standard of care, Ocusoft has a full line of eyelid cleansers for various conditions. Available through eye care professionals, most retail outlets, and Amazon.com. Visit Ocusoft.com for more details. Yeah, and, and and it's funny you said that because we've had that in the office before where a couple came in and one of them had a medical diagnosis and the other one didn't and it switches yeah. on the same day. And and the, the key to it, I think, is, is one, having consistent protocols. Uh, and yeah. then two, educating the patient. Uh, so we've always done it. So as part of our, our, our ABN form, uh, we actually have a paragraph that the patient signs. And it basically explains to them that, hey, you, you've got, you know, you're coming in for this. If we find a medical diagnosis, then we may bill it to your uh, major medical insurance, not to your vision plan. Uh, there are certain things where we're pretty consistent. Actually, the guidelines are pretty consistent. If a patient comes in and on their form, they know that they have diabetes, then quite honestly for us, that's automatically uh, a medical exam because now we've taken on that liability. Uh, there are other patients through the course of the exam. I think we do it a lot more like you do. The patient that comes in, it's a comprehensive exam. We go through 
And during the exam, we find maybe they're a glaucoma suspect. Uh, typically, that patient will educate, uh, complete their their root their comprehensive exam that day, and then have them back for the glaucoma workup. Uh, one of the ones that always is a little bit tricky is the patient that comes in uh, that has dry eye, and yeah. they start complaining about the dry eye. And with those patients, we sort of give them the choice of, hey, we can do all the testing today, or we can complete this part and we can schedule you back. Uh, and and actually, when patients want to come back, uh, we like that in those patients because usually those are the patients that truly, uh, you know, have signs and symptoms uh, and are symptomatic and really want to do something to treat it. So we like those. Uh, but I think the, the key factor in and we can provide it on on the OME website. Uh, we can provide the form, both your intake, your form for the dispensary, yeah. and the and the verbiage that we use on our form uh, to convert patients uh, in order to help people out. So you're, you're right. I don't think there's a hey, this is the way you have to do it. But certainly, uh, what you what you can't do is continue to see those patients over and over under the vision plan. Uh, Book and then not bill other patients. So, well, and I think Carl, where where it gets weird too is I've had patients. Uh, so it, it's different if you. All right, let me put it this way: if what what if you have a patient though that now comes in that is private pay, and they have a medical problem. So are are we saying? I mean, so they have a vision plan. Let's say it a different way: they have a vision plan that I'm on. Their medical plan, I'm not on. So I think you have to think about it, not you. I think all of us have to think about that scenario as well, because consistency doesn't just mean consistency when it's good for me. It means consistency no matter what. Yep. And that I think if I wasn't going to flip that patient, then I shouldn't be flipping any patient. Yeah, I I agree. And and that's where at the very beginning, if they're diabetic, we have them signed. And they know that we're going to bill their their major medical or it's going to be private if we're not on their insurance. Now, we're, we're a little bit fortunate in our market. Uh, yeah. We're on, you know, the majority of the medical insurances. Uh, I know in your market, that South Florida market, some of the California markets, uh, that's a little bit trickier. And so you have to put a lot of thought into how your process is going to be and how you're going to handle those patients. Yeah. So, Carl, one of the questions that came up as well is what to do with vision plans or with patients when they're on a vision plan that pays for contacts or pays a lot more for contacts that are on the formulary, but are not necessarily good technology lenses. And we didn't get to that slide, y'all. I apologize. Again, I promise you we're going to jump back into this again and give you more details. But one of the one of the things it was actually number 10 on our top 10 ways to increase profitability with vision plans is use technology and delegate. Now, there are going to be people, it even happens in my office, and I only take two vision plans, but there are going to be people who want the cheapest. And I found long ago that the easiest way to have a conversation with them was to have technology that showed them what the cheapest can be uh, can do and how it can be harmful to the eye. So we have endothelial cell count in our practice. And interestingly enough, when I was at Berkeley and talked to uh, Maria Liu about myopia management, she was even saying how she thinks that 
endothelial cell count is important for myopia control because you're putting these kids and anyone who fits kids in these lenses at such an early age, it's important to know what it's doing to their cornea. So having technology is one way to be able to have a better conversation. But my favorite way, and it happens every day, to be able to convince people that they need to be in higher or better technology lenses is when they say, oh, no, no, I'm doing great with what I have. I don't want anything different. I tell them, no problem. We'll be happy to leave you with what you're in. But I really want you to try new. Here's the health benefits. And I go through them. And then I say, but really what matters is, does it make a difference? Does it feel different? And then have them put it on. And then I look at them and say, what do you think? And nine times out of 10, if money isn't the issue, they will do it. And even if it is, I've had patients that have said, well, isn't there something in the middle? And you can get them out of the lenses that are covered. You may not get them into the highest level, but you'll get them somewhere in the middle. And then the next year, they'll jump into the next level. Yeah. Hey, let, let me understand the question. Let me make sure I understood it. Or was the question that, hey, uh, patients want to go on the lens that's in the formulary yeah. and it's less profitable than for you. would be? Yes, less profitable yeah. for the practice and it's not as good a lens for the patient. Yeah, so, you know, my answer would be the same as yours. And it's funny, we talk about technology and we typically think OCTs and fundus yeah. cameras and 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 all the other capital equipment. Uh, but new technology is also lenses. It's also contact lenses. Uh, and I think it's the same thing. Uh, you offer it to every single patient. And, you know, we used to talk about dailies back, uh, you know, years ago, and we were early adopters and fit a lot of daily disposable lenses. And we used to always say, look, more, more people are going to tell us no than are going to tell us yes. Yeah. Uh, but over time, that's that's going to change. Uh, and, and I think as doctors, yeah. we all hate patients telling us no. Uh, yeah. And we hate feeling like we're selling. I mean, uh, doctors, we, we just collectively we're not good at that. Uh, and then the other the other answer, and it's one of the mantras that that you've heard me say, April, way too many times. Um, hey, if, if that patient is just absolutely a patient for whatever reason, financial or other, mm-hmm. and they want that lens on the formulary, fit, fit them in the lens on the formulary and move on. Here's what you can't do, though. Here's what you can't do. Uh, you can't manage to the minority. And what will happen, and we've had this happen, if we've had it happen once, we've had it happen 10,000 times, I think, in our practices, is the one patient comes in and they're adamant. They just want what's covered. They just want what's covered. They just want what's covered. <laughs> and our staff, you know, are a reflection of us. They hate rejection. They can't stand it. And so all we hear for, you know, the rest of that day and for the next three days is about Mrs. or Mr. X who only wanted this and we should drop that vision plan. We should get rid of it because that patient only wanted this. Uh, they remember the negative. They don't remember the other 50 patients who bought yeah. two pair of glasses and who bought glasses and contact lenses and who we converted to medical. So yeah. Don't manage to the minority of patients in your office. Uh, we all worry about that 10 or 20% that are dissatisfied. You can't do that. You've got to manage to the 80% that are happy. 
And over time, uh, the best statement I've ever heard is we pick our patients. How you run your practice, how you do things in your patients, in your practice, will determine what patients come and see you. Uh, Patients will find you based on what you do. So you decide what you want to be, run your practice that way, and the right patients will eventually be there, especially in today's market where where it's a very lucrative market to be in. I love it. Absolutely. Uh, There is another question. Oh, you guys asked, there are a couple of questions, actually, if Carl, you don't mind me going back to the beginning. MacuHealth, interestingly enough, they have come out with technology, speaking of technology, to be able to measure the level of carotenoids by, uh, it's it's a technology that reads the levels in your finger. So it's called the life meter. We do have it. And I can tell you, it definitely, the question is, did it help you to be able to have a conversation with your patients? And it does. They love having something they can see. And I did show them their retinal images before, but you really can't tell them year over year how the retinal images really relate specifically. I do, and it helps, but it's nice now to be able to put this to it as well. So it has made it easier for us to have a conversation. We run it on everybody. So that's our routine. Everyone that comes in, we have it at the front desk, front counter, and everybody gets their measurement before they come back to see the doctor. And that way we can walk them through what that measurement is, what it means, and how we should expect to see change at about three months or more, and uh, helps us to sell annual supplies all day long. So good question. Thanks for asking. Yeah, and April, let me answer that one a little bit different. So we don't have the life meter. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I can't answer specific to that, but I'll give you a generic answer on technology. Uh, and we had this this conversation last week with a couple of industry folks at the academy. Uh, any technology, the life meter, an OCT, a new contact lens, a new frame, anything that you bring into your office, uh, whether or not it is successful is going to depend on you and your commitment to it and how you use it. I think we were specifically talking about new contact lenses. And, you know, this is, this goes back to strategy, how you position things in your office. When you bring that new life meter in or whatever new piece of technology, how are you going to use it? Right. And and what we've advocated for years is, Hey, the first, the, the first 50 patients that come in or every patient this week, let's do it on. Let's, yeah. let's commit that we're going to do it. We're going to bring it into the practice and we're going to, we're going to educate ourselves and our staff and our patients on it and fairly quickly determine whether it's going to be a good fit for us or not. If you can't make that commitment, then whatever the technology is, then don't yeah. do it. I think April, we were talking about contact lenses. Don't bring in another contact lens fitting set. If you're not committed to fitting that lens, because yeah. all you're doing is taking up space. The contact lens companies have spent a lot of money on it. It's a waste of their time, your time, your staff's time. Just don't do it. Thoughts? Yeah. I agree. And I think the the vendor uh, representatives, the consultants with the companies are so helpful to me and to all of us. Because I can say to them, how am I going to be most profitable with this? What are best practices and implementation? What do other people do that are in your top 5%? Because that's what I want to do. 
And then I tell them, I want to know where I stand. Give me a month, give me two months, and then come back to me. I want to know where I stand in percentages. And I don't make this up. Carl and I are not here to tell a story. We're here to tell a story that's going to be helpful based on our life experience. That is what's made a difference for me. When I found out early on that other doctors, other practices were writing more prescriptions for allergy, I I would go back and go, well, my patients can't be any different than theirs. What am I missing? And I would go down that path and understand what I was missing and make a change. And so everything we do, I agree, is the same way. And I absolutely love that I can take what you're telling me today, Carl, and I can turn it into profitability and value building in my practice tomorrow. Yeah, you know, in the, in the same, it just I thought about it because, uh, and actually, uh, thanks for the comments on the on the questions there. Somebody said that uh, yeah. they doubled it. And I know the two doctors sort of going back and forth on that question. And both of them were going to be successful no matter what they do. Uh, with technology like that. Uh, but, you know, an, another place where all that applies, April, on just, just going and using it uh, is with new medications that come on the market as well. Uh, and we all have a tendency when a new medication comes out, a new contact lens come out, we put it either on our, our absolute worst patient who's never been happy with anything, uh, or we do a family member on it who we've never made happy in our entire lives. So we go down this road of that. Uh, but what made me think about it is I, I did get the notification today uh, that the two the two new drugs, Mabo uh, for dry eye with uh, Bosch and Lam, uh, yep. and XDMV from Tarsus, uh, both are approved in Florida. They're officially on the formulary actually as of the second of uh, of November uh, for everybody to write. And that, those are I guess two two drugs. Uh, we've both been fortunate to have a little bit of experience with uh, yeah. Mabo. Uh, and we think that's going to be a, a great medication for your dry eye patients. Uh, Exdemvi as an approved drug uh, for uh, 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 the the mites on your eyes for Demodex. Uh, everything that I've seen looks good. You have any thoughts on either one of those new products that are out? Yes, Mybo. I probably have it sitting right here on my desk. Uh, I don't know if you've been able to tell. I've been trying to watch Carl. Now that I'm going to say this, you're going to pay attention. I'm blinking like crazy. Carl is not. The difference is that I have such dry eye that when I get on these calls, I'm like a blinking freak and I can't stop. And so Mybo's made a huge difference. I definitely f- have found relief with it. It's something that I think your patients are going to love, but you don't know until you go forward and actually use it. And so I, I, you're right, Carl. I mean, I think that reality is if you're going to do something different, jump in and do it full steam ahead because you're not going to see the value if you don't. So someone brought up essential medical benefits, and I do want to uh, jump on that for a minute because you guys are right. That's a big thing I spend usually 15, 20 minutes talking about when I talk about vision plans and we just didn't have time. So we'll try to come back to that. But if you go, when you're reading through the IMED manual and the VSP manual, others as well, go to the section on their essential medical benefits because in your area, there may be a lot of patients who have those. And in order to see what those benefits are in IMED's manual, and and you'll see they actually have, when you go to the manual, Go to the top, it says training, and there's also downloads. There's a button, it's kind of hiding from you. When you go into that section in the manual, it'll show you exactly what I'm talking about. So what happens is these patients 
when you go to pull what's not really an authorization, but look at benefits on IMED, it's the second tab over typically that says medical benefits or additional benefits. Pick on it and it'll tell you if the patient has medical benefits. And if they do, they will actually let you bill for all that medical testing and use the vision plan benefit in addition at the same time. And so read through the manual. It isn't as tricky as it sounds. The problem is I tell doctors this and they think, well, I I went and looked and that patient didn't have it. So I guess nobody has it in my area. But what you've got to do is you've got to figure out which companies have paid for it, which plans have it, and then educate your team because there could be a lot of them in your area. It's based on area, based on the businesses that are there. So take advantage yeah. of the essential medical benefits for both IMED and VSP. They also will pay for VSP screenings. A couple questions there for you, Carl. And then uh, somebody else is asking, how about refractions? We talked a little bit about refractions and uh, the benefits of charging for that. I absolutely um Wow. And somebody, did you see that? Somebody was saying, somebody said that with Life Meter, it doubled their sales. Uh, they gave a number that was a very big number. So awesome. Yeah. What was I talking about? You were talking about, should we charge for refraction? Oh, well, then you answer and it. The answer there is yes. And that, that's a, it's a non-covered service. So it was, yeah. and, and you can actually have different levels of refraction just like you can with contact lenses, you can have different levels based on degree of difficulty. Uh, I've seen that price, you know, uh, range from anywhere from $20 to $50. Uh, And, you know, you have to pick what you want to charge. So you do that. So the question always comes up. Now, here's where you have to be. You have to be very consistent with it. Uh, And, you know, which means that, you know, as long as you have a way that you charge, if you charge those different levels, that's okay. Then the question comes up, well, do I bill it with vision plans? And the the answer is no. Uh, The refraction is included as part of your comprehensive exam with the vision plans. For uh, some major medical insurances, they also will pay uh, for the refraction. Uh, But I always sort of go to Medicare as the gold standard. And with Medicare, refractions are non-covered service. Right. It's one of the reasons, April, do you have it? Uh, all of your patients sign an ABN when they come into the office? They do, yes. It's part of our uh, intake paperwork. And tell everybody what an ABN is, just in case there's somebody that doesn't know. Well, let me think. I think what you're asking, so I have them sign the Medicare pa- the form the, the, yeah. that says that they agree for us to bill their insurance. But an ABN will be specifically for a uh, charge that I know the insurance is likely to not cover. And so I want to do this test anyway. So I have to disclose to the patient that it's not going to be covered by their insurance and have them sign the paperwork. So for the refraction specifically, since it's not a covered service, they don't technically have to sign an ABN. They just need to know that it's a non-covered service. So we've tried to put all of that into one paragraph to make it simple and what we did to help us to determine how much to charge for the refraction is I checked with the local ophthalmology groups, meaning I didn't call them and fix pricing. I called around as if I was a patient 
to see what the going charge, what the going rate was in my area. And that helped me to have an idea of what is it that patients expect and then what do I feel like is right for my area and for the service I'm providing. And we're consistent. So the one rule that isn't allowed or one thing that isn't allowed, and I think that it was a letter that came from, I think it was from the FTC. I'm trying to remember, I have it in one of my presentations. And basically there was a letter that went out that was warning doctors, optometrists and ophthalmologists to uh, make certain that they were consistent with charging for a refraction because there were groups out there that only charge for it if a patient asks for a copy of the prescription, which is crazy to me. If if you're going to do it again, the rule of the game is know the rules, be consistent. Everyone gets treated the same every single time and they need to be given notice that that's the way it's going to happen. Yeah. And I think you need to charge it because if you don't, it can be yeah. looked at as because it's not covered, you're providing a service, it can be looked at. That's a way to entice patients to come in with Medicare uh, because you're not charging them, uh, you know, the out-of-pocket piece. So uh, I think you need to do that. Hey, let me go back. There was a question on here uh, that we had about uh, about the contact lenses. And we talked about refittings. Oh, uh, yeah. So, you, know, you saw them in year one. You put them in a multifocal contact lens. You charged them your premium super duper April Jasper contact lens uh, charge for fitting them in a multifocal and for the follow up. You got all of that done. Yeah. Uh, patients happy. They go and they wear that lens for a year. They come back the next year. I'm sure you give them a discount and just charge them a real small amount that next year. You're not going to charge them that full that full amount <laughs> in the next year, are you? So uh, I'm trying to teach my daughter, Allison, how to look at test questions and be able to see when they're trying to give the answer to you. You just have to catch it and give it. So did you guys catch that? Carl was baiting me and yet he's giving you the answer. If you heard the keyword discount, you know that that's not my thing. I don't do that. And I'll give you the reason. Here's the reason. When I bought the practice, and I love Dr. Mextro, fabulous man. Uh, he passed away last year. He had 60 years in the AOA and one of the best people I know. And uh, one of the things that was very interesting to me, though, is when I bought the practice, people got discounts all over the place, all different amounts for no given reason. I didn't understand it. I was trying the best I could to be a good doctor, <laughs> a new, new good owner, and follow suit. And there was no thing, there was no system to follow. And it made me crazy. If you guys know anything about me, that would be the worst thing you could throw me into. So I went back and tried to figure it out and understand when and where should we apply a discount. And I just was like, why is it that the best patients, your best patients, Carl, are the ones that are not getting discounts and it's the ones that come in and say, but I want this and I want that and would demand a discount and they would get one. So that's what started me down the path of no discounts. And then the next thing, when it got to contact lenses, I started to see that we were charging a different level the second time they came in. And there's two things that go wrong there. Number one, I was not really doing anything different. I was still doing topography. I was still doing a slit lamp exam. I was still doing endothelial cell count. I still looked at the lenses on them. I checked their vision with them, made sure everything was okay and counseled them. And so that was the one reason I felt like a discount wasn't deserved. 
And then the other reason is because if I do that, and I know you guys are the same way because Carl and I have been around to so many offices in our years in this business. So many doctors tell us that if they give their patients a, a discount, the second year, a refit fee discount, they never want to put them in new technology because they have to then go through this whole long explanation to the patient as to why this technology is so much better knowing that they're selling something again. I don't ever have to do that because it's the same fee. So I just go, do you want to try something new? It's amazing. This is why. And it's the same price. I say it so many times a day. It doesn't cost you anything to try it. We are excited to have CooperVision as a sponsor of our podcast. CooperVision is one of the world's leading contact lens manufacturers, and they serve eye care professionals and patients in over 130 countries. Their innovative products help millions of patients see every single day. One of the technologies and innovations that we love the most about CooperVision is their groundbreaking technology in soft contact lenses that helps to slow the progression of myopia in children 8 to 12 years old at the initiation of treatment. What, what do you say to those patients, April, that come in and say, ah, you know, I went to somewhere else last year and they never charged me this fee or they never charged me uh, before, you know, they didn't charge me a quote, refitting fee or a follow-up contact lens fee for that second year. Uh, how, how do you combat that? Yeah. What I will tell the patient, and then I'll tell you what I really think is happening, but what I'll tell the patient is I say, you know, I really can't speak to what somebody did in the past. I will tell you, though, that I am a very strict rule follower, and that means I do just as my manual tells me to do with the insurance, and uh, this is the way they ha had have done it. I don't get the question very much because we charge before we bring the patient back. And so by the time they get to me, they've already paid, but it does come up. And that's one of the, that's typically the way I, I uh, will educate the patient. I don't want to throw anybody else under the bus, but I try to just help them to know, yeah, that's just not the way it's supposed to be done without saying it like that. What do you guys say, Carl? Yeah, I mean, it, and there's a couple of questions here in the chat. I'm trying to read through those as well. That sort of go yeah. to this a little bit because it talks about do you bundle or do you not bundle the contact lens fees? Uh, look, we we are what we are. Uh, we feel like we provide a good service, you know, start to finish from the time the patient comes in the office. Uh, we, quite honestly, this goes back to what I said about uh, you, you pick your patients uh, based on what you do. Uh, the yeah. patients, and, and look, we, we see every insurance. Uh, we see, we do what a lot of places don't, a lot of offices don't. We see uh, Medicaid, we see CHIP patients. Uh, but for patients that are going to complain about uh, the fees or the services, uh, those are our fees and those are our services. And if they can find somewhere else that does it better uh, or does it th the same and at a, at a lower price, then, you know, we, we wish them well in doing that. Uh, we do add, you know, for those those contact lenses in the second year, the, there was a question on here. Uh, if you're doing, uh, I think you do specular microscopy, we always do a corneal topography on those patients. Yeah. We do that part of that initial contact lens fit as well. The question is, are you including that or are you separating that out? So there's, I've got two different answers for it, but let me hear yours first. 
Yeah. And I, I think the word that we hear all the time is the word bundle and bundling is something I typically will tell you to try not to do. It's not recommended unless the insurance says. So we know when a bundle uh, bundling does happen is post-op care, right? So, and by that, it's really not bundling. It's a global fee. But if you, I'm trying to think of how to answer it in a way that makes sense. So the, the easiest way to, to tell you what I do is I, I include it as part of their contact lens evaluation. And I do the same thing consistently with everyone. So I wouldn't have a patient come in and charge topography for one person and not, I mean, bill it to the insurance for one and not bill it to the other. It's, it has to be consistent with everyone. And for me, our contact lens fees are pretty high. And I feel like that's why it makes sense for me. And remember, contact lens fees are not dictated to you by insurance, except for one insurance that I take. And that's if they fall within standard. And so, yeah, there's going to be a time when that will look like it's you're really losing money. But the good news is the majority of my patients are in a much higher level of a contact lens evaluation. Yeah, and, and so I'll, I'll answer it the same way and completely the opposite. Uh, what, what I would say is uh, we we will do corneal topography. We do corneal topography on every contact lens fit uh, at the initial fit. Yeah. Uh, and every year thereafter, uh, we do that. At one, it, it's helpful uh, in educating the patient, especially if they need a, a toric contact lens. Yeah. Uh, but it also provides us with a lot of information. Now, so it's it's included. It is part of the contact lens fitting fee. Yes. So it's it's part of a non-covered service as part of the contact lens fitting fee uh, that you know is, is, is that we charge. Now. If we find that a patient has keratoconus or some other pathology, then on subsequent visits, we would there be monitoring go. the keratoconus yeah. and we would be billing both their medical insurance and right. the additional testing uh, based on the, the in-place LCDs, NCDs uh, for that particular Medicare administrative uh, carrier. Uh, or contractor, and that's how we would approach it. You know, so I don't consider it bundled. I consider it part of our fitting fee. And then if it's if there's a medical condition, then obviously we're going to switch and and on the next visit build a medical. I hope Which, that answered. Uh, I hope yeah, that I, answered the I think questions. that's a good good way to answer it. I think yeah. the other thing too, Carl, is medically necessary. We didn't even get into that, but medically necessary contact lens fits. Most of the insurances require all of the follow-up visits are included. So remember, we talked about two visits are all you get with the vision plans with your with other contact lens fits. Once you jump into medically necessary, all the rules of the game change. So make sure you read the manual and uh, follow that process. Uh, bundling, though, I, I, I'm glad you used that word. So I'm glad that came up because here's where the other the other place that gets us into trouble. And I think we've all been there. And we've all done it and not known it was a problem in one way, shape, or, or form. And that is, we talked about retinal screenings. Now, we know that with vision plans, they give you an amount that you can charge for a retinal photograph screening, retinal imaging. 
And then what if you have a private pay patient? Can you bundle it into that fee is the question, I think. And I saw something about that earlier that we didn't answer. So you want me to go first? Yeah, you go. Okay. So again, the word is, let's just define what we mean in, in the answer. And I'll just give you the answer the way I, I think that it's easiest to be understood. Could you include it? Well, what, what I really think is important is that when you break it out on a fee slip, it needs to show that your fee for each service is the same to every patient. So it's hard to answer the question with an answer without explaining. So whether Carl came in with insurance and Katie came in without insurance, if Carl's insurance doesn't pays for the, say it pays for the exam and the refraction, but not the retinal screening, then it's going to show the insurance pays for two of those items, but the third item is going to be listed as retinal screening and it's going to show that Carl paid for it. Now, Katie comes in for her exam. She's going to have the same three codes if she comes into my practice and it's going to show because she had no insurance, she paid the usual and customary for all three of them, which are the same shown on Carl's fee slip. Only Carl had two of them that were discounted due to insurance. Yeah, that, and, and that makes sense. And, you know, that's pretty standard. I had an x-ray a while back and, the, you know, the if if I did not have insurance for it, I think they were going to charge me $999. Uh, fortunate to have insurance uh, when I got the, uh, the uh, uh, EOB and everything back. I think the insurance ended up paying them $17.19 and they wrote off the rest. <laughs> So there's a there is a discrepancy. There there is a practice management in that, and we'll, we'll probably leave that for next week. Though, on setting your fee schedule, right uh, across all of those different uh, across all of those different uh, exam codes, and we'll do that. I do want to address. There was a great comment from somebody about uh, vision plans, and it it said vision plans <laughs> should be required to do coordination of benefits. Uh, they should be, but they don't. Uh, and unfortunately, that leads us in the, yeah. into that. And then it's also it also said, yeah, you don't have to do an ABN for the refraction, uh, which is correct, which which is what you yeah. said. I will tell you in our office, we have them sign it anyway, uh, because uh, th there's typically other things that we're going to add to that ABN. Uh, and it just it's amazing to me the number of patients with Medicare who come in and don't understand that that's not covered. Uh, so we want to address that on the front end. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a little bit overkill on our part, but it's just it's just something that we do. So, Carl, um, another thing I wanted to bring up, I know we don't have many, many minutes left, but you brought up a, a good point. And I've heard this challenge for a lot of people, and it even comes up to me, and that is not managing to the minority, because in every single thing we've talked about, you're going to go try to do something different. And it's not going to work for a patient. And then you're going to feel like we gave you bad advice. And I'm going to tell you, I've been there with you where it's not gone well. And I'll have an employee come back to me and say, Doc, we charge for this exam before the patient comes back. And so-and-so said this. But what they typically come back to you and say is they don't say so-and-so said this. They come back and say, it's not working. Patients are unhappy. And so what I would caution you and encourage you to do is smile 
and say, I'm so sorry, you're having a challenge. Can you give me a specific example where it didn't work? And it's incredible because many times they cannot even come up with an example, number one. And if they do, you'll find it was one patient, not many patients. And the situation as they describe it. So now they say, oh, well, it was Mrs. Jones. Okay, so tell me exactly what happened. I want to know how this happened. I want to fix it for you. And when you go through that scenario, you will be amazed. And I challenge you to do this the next time a problem comes up in your office, that you can diffuse the situation just like that. You go home happier. They go home knowing they're not coming to you again like that claiming the whole world's falling apart because they know you're going to call them out on it. Yeah. And you, and you do root cause analysis, right? Oh, why, why did that happen? You do the what, and then the why, 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 and you get to it pretty quick. Uh, so April, we're about out of time and appreciate everybody hanging in there with us. Today. Yeah. Uh, for those of you, you know, still with us, uh, sort of to go forward next month, we're going to talk about uh, medical. We're going to do a medical one oh one. Uh Then we're going to have a, a lecture on, uh, the retina, and we're going to talk about some exciting new new uh, medications out there, specifically with uh, uh, macular degeneration, ge- geographic atrophy. Uh, and then as we start the new year, I think what we'll be doing is we'll be alternating. We'll do one program that's very specific on vision plans, and we'll take a lot of these topics we had tonight and really go deeper. So if there's a topic that you'd really like to see us cover, if you'll type that into the chat uh, and then after the medical next week, we'll be alternating and talking specifically how to bill uh, for very specific medical conditions, everything from uh, bandage yeah. lenses to fundus photography, uh, everything, glaucoma, macular degeneration, diabetes. Uh, I think the new diabetes wellness code is a, is a great one on where you can bill. And so we'll, we'll jump into that one pretty quickly as well. So if, if there's specific ones, uh, but April, I got one last one last uh, question for you. Oh no! Because uh, I was walking through uh, Vision Expo West about three weeks ago, and I walked by this booth, and it was a booth called J Nine Designs. What yeah. can you tell us about J Nine Designs? Uh, I know you sort of started a soft launch. I know more is <laughs> coming, but. What can you tell us about J9 Designs before we sign off tonight? Uh, we're so excited about it. I know Katie's not here with me, but she and I have uh, gotten together and come up with some frames that actually work well with the concepts that we taught you tonight. And we're happy to be able to uh, have others join with us in bringing those into your practice. They are the high profit margin frames that will make you money and your patients will love. They're not brand names. The brand is J9. And uh, the, the 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 crowd, the people that were looking at them, it's just been refreshing to us because we're thrilled that people want to make money like we do, but also want to learn more about how this is good for your patients and good for your practice. So our agreement with all of the people that jump on on board with us and bring these frames into their practice is that we are going to record detail for detail. We actually have some of it done already how you can teach your team to implement strategies to make more money in selling the right products at the right time. And this is something that they will have access to for free when they uh, jump on board with us and, and bring in these frames into their practice. 
Yeah. And I know you guys are doing it the right way and you've got a few accounts that are starting to use the frame and you're working yeah. with them on, on both learning for you and then teaching them. And then I think you, you told me earlier that in January you'll really start uh, rolling the frames out and launching them. So, uh, you know, you can go look at our Facebook it, it, page. You got a Facebook page. Wow. We do. We're exciting. I don't We're know if excited. That's good or if that makes you old, I'm not really sure, <laughs> honestly. Uh, I don't know either, but I hope you check it out and uh, we'll do more uh, conversation about it. We hope you like this part, though. This is where Carl and I feel like we can actually have a conversation with you. And it's funny because, Carl, I still find myself holding back a little bit, forgetting that I'm not doing CE right now yeah. and trying to be careful that I don't say anything wrong. And the beauty is that's what changing focus is all about. We want to change our focus from the negative turn it into the positive and help all of you to see where we've been able to make a difference in our practice, which then has made a difference in our life. Yeah. So uh, April, I think we're at time or even over time, which is pretty normal for us when we start gabbing about this. Cause we, unfortunately we both just love it way too much. Uh, it's a, it's a disease that we apparently can't cure. So uh, I want to thank everybody for uh, joining us tonight. I want to thank everybody for the questions. Uh, hope you found it informative. Uh, a last uh, shout out and thank you to uh, Macchia Health for uh, the unrestricted educational grant uh, sponsoring the education. And then April, uh, you're supposed to have it. So if you don't, I'm just going to look at you aimlessly. What's the date next month and what's the, uh, <laughs> what's the date and what's the topic? Uh, I think it's November the 15th. It's uh, November the 18th. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on. I'm in October. No, it's November He's the right 15th. This time. I know it this time. Stop. <laughs> it's November the 15th. <laughs> and we're going to be doing it. We're going to be together. We're going to be in Canada. Yes. Uh, lecturing up there and we'll be doing it together, uh, which is always a little easier than the, than the Zoom. But thanks, everybody, for joining tonight. Uh, this will be on the OME Live website uh, and the OME site. So you can watch it or tell your friends about it. And we look forward to seeing everybody next month. April last, I'll give you the last word. Uh, we just love you guys. I, I see you on the chat. Uh, everybody on there, thanks for being here. We've learned much from many of you. And we hope you'll be with us every time and give us more uh, tips and things that we should bring to the rest of the folks listening. Thank you, guys. Happy holidays, too. Your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacU Health with Micromycel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and Micromycel technology. 